everyone, and welcome to the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. Fired up show number two to start off 2021. We're on a roll here. Hope you enjoyed last week's podcast. And uh, this week, I hope you enjoy even more. It is uh, the annual fearless predictions that I do to start out every single year. It's more fun than anything else, but there is research, there's knowledge of the market behind it and what we're feeling with current clients that I think gives people some insight or at least some guidance of how to approach a new year. Some years, I've been lucky enough to nail it on the head. Other years, I've completely missed, like last year, but it's fun. I put on the blindfold and I throw darts at the dartboard and we see what happens. So let's get right into it. So before I start with the fearless predictions for South Bay real estate, I want to give you a little bit of a 2019 recap. I want listeners to know that in 2019, our local South Bay real estate markets were weak. In the areas I cover on the podcast and on my weekly blog, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, and the Palos Verdes Peninsula, let's talk about how we ended 2019. Manhattan Beach, medium prices, down to end 2019 year over year. Hermosa Beach, or medium housing prices, down compared to 2018 at the end of 2019. Redondo Beach was down. Palos Verdes 90274 was down. Palos Verdes 90275 was down. So across the board, 2019 medium prices were down compared to 2018. We were weak. The real estate market was showing weakness. And quite frankly, then 2020 hit and threw a crazy wrench into everything. So to give you an idea of this weakness at the end of 2019, actually to start January, February, the market was darn strong and it was moving with the stock market, making all time highs. And then, of course, the coronavirus made landfall here in the United States and our stock market started to go down. We had stay at home orders. And in April of 2020, pending sales from the PV Peninsula to Manhattan Beach collapsed 75% to 80% across the board. That's insane, you guys. April is the best month to sell in Southern California by a lot of statistics. It is our busiest season, spring selling season, and we saw sales collapse 75 to 80% in April. And then in 2020, it just kept getting weirder. We had a crazy recovery just a few months later in June. The Fed sliced interest rates to zero. They began buying mortgage-backed securities. The stock market started to stabilize. We got coronavirus cases under control. And we had this roaring recovery in Manhattan, Hermosa, Redondo, and the Palos Verdes Hill. Again, thanks to historically low rates, a recovering, roaring back stock market, and you know the pandemic, not only cases at that time coming down, but people wanting more space and a backyard. So really, 
you can look at 2019 end of the year weakness, strength January, February, a semi collapse for two months in April, and then this roaring recovery higher where we're now seeing California home prices and really areas that we cover here on this blog up 10%. So the volatility from the end of 2019 through 2020 was insane. All my predictions for 2020 were wrong. I'll give you an example. I thought prices had a chance to go down 5, 10, 15% in some areas because affordability just didn't add up. Well, interest rates fell to historic lows, affordability bounced huge, and so prices went up. I said if interest rates move up or down, that would be a bad thing for the markets. Why? Well, if interest rates went up, affordability would get even worse. Buyers wouldn't even be able to have a prayer of affording housing prices, and that would hurt the market. And I said, conversely, if interest rates went down, it means the Fed was stimulating because we were heading into a recession. Little did I know we'd have an unprecedented pandemic event that wouldn't allow people to go to work, and the Fed cut rates beyond what I ever thought they would. And of course, the low interest rates have fueled this housing market. So you can go back onto my weekly blog, read the old predictions. I have a blog post that covers how wrong I was, and I've posted the fearless predictions so that you guys can see it in writing for 2020. So let's get into those fearless predictions. There are five predictions or topics we're going to cover. Four are meant for 2021. Number one, South Bay home prices continue to surge in the first half of 2021. There is no slowing down. Fearless prediction number two, the coming, and I put in quotations, coming foreclosure wave is a non-event. So what I'm saying here is, is people believe foreclosures are coming and they by and large could, but I go, it will be a non-event and not affect our local markets. And I really don't think greater LA or, or the state in general. Fearless prediction number three for 2021, condos and townhomes outperform in the second half of 2021. I'm going to give you some thoughts on why that occurs and why there can be some value in those asset types here in the South Bay. Fearless prediction number four, income properties and apartment buildings are primed for growth. I think there is opportunity in income properties and apartment buildings. This was something that I predicted last year in 2020. Of course, the pandemic hit. Renters aren't paying rent. It's harder to get loans. That thesis has just been pushed down one year, maybe 18 months, and now interest rates are even lower. We'll get into why income properties and apartment buildings I am very bullish on. And then Fearless Prediction 2021 Number five, I always do a long-term bet. The long-term bet here is the beginning of suburban growth, but cities are far from dead. It's a little bit different type of long-term growth prediction that I've made before. I've talked about automated cars changing the games of wiping out garages. I've talked about co-living in terms of apartment buildings where you're sharing kitchens, etc. This one is more of a general thesis that uh, I'll dive into as we progress here in the podcast. But let's get into each 
2021 forecast. Number one, let's dive into it. South Bay home prices surge first half of 2021. California median home prices across the state to end 2020 were up about 10%. I don't believe that surge higher, that trend will change in the first six months. In fact, I think we're off to the races. Buyers are still hungry for inventory. Coronavirus cases are up. The vaccine rollout has been slower, where we probably won't have vaccines until the summertime. Demand is going to be huge for single-family homes here in the South Bay. I go, prices are going to go up another 5% in the first six months. That could be conservative. And let me tell you why. We can attribute much of this strength just to historically low rates to begin with. First Tuesday is a great resource to follow for statistics and thoughts on the housing market for California. According to First Tuesday's monthly statistical update, they said that interest rates are a full percentage point below where they were last year. That drop alone has increased buyers' purchasing power by 10%. Well, we're up across the board in the state of California by 10%. So just the interest rate factor alone can be attributed to the 10%. Well, we haven't factored in that there is a bigger desire than ever for homes, backyards, space. So if interest rates have just contributed to this run-up, the pandemic rush isn't there. There's lower inventory, more demand, et cetera, et cetera. We're just getting started on the growth. And I think this first six months, it's going to be another 5% easy, maybe higher. There's just too many things adding up to push home prices beyond where they are now. Let me just check my notes here to make sure I'm covering everything else. Oh, yeah. And to put, it, put a cap on that, really, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa, Redondo, and PV, where I cover here, for the most part, we're talking about high net worth buyers, workers that can work from home and have been relatively unaffected by the pandemic. Well, guess what? They're borrowing even lower. Banks want to lend to these types of home buyers. I've talked about in past blog posts. I have clients borrowing at two and a half percent, at two percent. I have two clients buying four and five million dollar homes below 2% interest rates, and one of them got interest only. What high net worth borrowers can achieve right now and in the markets we're covering here, it's going to push housing prices higher these first six months. There will be no lull. There may be a change when we go back to normal, but the first six months, we're off to the races. Moving on to topic number two, the coming foreclosure wave fails to materialize. Everyone's been reading and is worried about people not paying rent. They're getting furloughed from their job. They have forbearance on their mortgages. That is a risk. And I think the last statistics I read were that it was some, some rate was 7 8% of mortgages outstanding are in forbearance. That's not good by any means. I can tell you the Great Recession, the mortgage meltdown, it was way uglier than that, and prices were collapsing. We have people with plenty of equity. The market's up 10% on the year. It's going to go up another 5%, and forbearance isn't expiring just yet. 
People can sell their property if they need to. Wall Street has plenty of liquidity thanks to the Fed. There are people ready to buy a quote-unquote foreclosure wave. I think it fails to materialize. If it happens, there's going to be a few properties at a discount. There will be plenty of cash buyers ready to go, either locally, wealthy real estate investors, or Wall Street will raise the capital. I just don't see a foreclosure wave coming. From a federal perspective, as you guys know, you know, for me to kind of continue on this uh, topic, forbearance on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac mortgages expire January 31st, so in a few weeks. And on FHA and VA loans, moratoriums expire on February 28th. I think we'll get extensions from Congress nationally. And if we don't, California will probably put in place extensions on foreclosures. So end of January, end of February is when it can start. And you need to remember in California, a trustee's sale, which people refer to as foreclosures, takes five to six months to complete a foreclosure sale. So if you were to start the foreclosure process on say March 1st, you're not foreclosing until April, May, June, July, August, September at best. There'll probably be extensions. You'll probably try and work something out with your borrowers. But we're talking about October, November, December, maybe at earliest for foreclosures. And I just don't think they happen. And if they do, people are ready to gobble them up. So if you're waiting for that foreclosure crisis to hit and pick up discounted real estate, it ain't happening in 2021. At best, it happens in 2022, which we can talk about multiple years down the road here. Foreclosure wave, non-event. Don't worry about it. We're off to the races. Market will be healthy in 2021. Thank you, Fed. Thank you for the liquidity, the low interest rates, and Congress supporting borrowers who aren't able to work because of COVID-19. Moving on to fearless prediction number three, condos and townhomes outperform in the second half of 2021. Man, I like this prediction a lot. You guys know it could be wrong, but everything adds up for condos and townhomes to do really, really, really well. I have been running the data on end-of-the-year statistics, and in many places, the growth is driven just by single-family homes. No one wants condos where you share hallways with a 100 other HOA owners. No one wants townhomes with multiple lots, you're sharing walls with neighbors, etc. They have wildly underperformed. In some cases, I'm seeing they're flat on the year or down in certain areas, and the home prices are up 18%, 19%, 20%. Those homes are being driven by low interest rates. If buyers have 10% more buying power just on lower interest rates, imagine what happens when we have a vaccine and go back to normal life. People are going to look at condos and townhomes and go, oh my goodness, it's so affordable to buy these asset types. They're undervalued. And I think there's going to be a frenzy on condos and townhomes second half of the year if we can get the vaccine done. I think it is a great bet if you can get in front of the condos and townhomes now, buy a condo or townhome this first half of the year, get as low of an interest rate as you can, 
And I think you're going to be a big winner second half of 2021 and rolling into 2022. That is my big call. I like it. They're too affordable. They've missed the run-up. And I think you can make 10% in a year, 15% in a year, doing next to nothing. Now, I'm not saying you should buy and flip and turn it over, but I'm just going... I think there's an opportunity. I take it to the stock market. If any of you follow the stock market, it's a big deal for the overlying economy and our real estate markets. But if you take internet companies that have had an incredible run and then people go ahead and look at restaurant stocks or airline stocks or retail stocks, they've all started to bounce up higher in anticipation of us reopening. We haven't seen that yet with townhomes and condos, but they are a reopening trade, so to speak. It's a no-brainer if you're looking to buy, if you're healthy, if you're not worried about coronavirus, or you can afford to buy it as an income property and rent it, get after a condo in a big building. Find someone who's desperate to get out, lock in your low interest rate, and watch your purchase outperform over the next 12, 18, 24 months. I think you're going to do really well if interest rates stay low. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. Fearless prediction number four, income properties and apartment buildings benefit from low rates. You guys may want to check check out my blog and how uh, you know it's maybe easier to follow in written format, but Apartment buildings and income properties trade like bonds. When interest rates go down, their values go up. When interest rates go higher, they struggle to go up. Interest rates are down a full percentage point. And much like condos and townhomes, apartment buildings have been out of favor. Well, why? It's obvious. Renters don't have to pay rent if they're affected by COVID-19. So rents are down on the year. Evictions are up. Landlords can't get their property back. Lenders don't want to lend on apartment buildings, yet interest rates have fallen a full percentage points, and that should make the value of apartment buildings much higher. So to give you the example that I had on the blog, if you have a building with cash flow of $50,000 a year and you want to earn a 5% return, the building's value is a million dollars, roughly, if you make $50,000 after all expenses. Okay, If rates now for apartment buildings are at 4%, a percent lower, and it makes $50,000 in cash flow, the building value is now worth $1.25 million. That is $250,000 higher just on lower interest rates. If you can find an apartment building where renters aren't paying and you can weather that storm and someone needs to get out, you also have to realize if you believe when we reopen we're going to have a boom in the economy, people will be able to afford their rent probably more. If low interest rates are going to cause inflation, that's inflation to apartment rents as well. And we stop going from a decreasing apartment rent market to an increasing one. It's a no-brainer to buy income properties, I think, in 2021. Interest rates are a macroeconomic effect that are going to be a huge tailwind for income properties and apartment buildings. And I think the setup of people going back to work Minimum wage is rising, inflation potentially down the road. This is the time to buy income properties and apartment buildings now. I'll leave it at that, and I'll probably do a blog post on that topic and go even deeper, and maybe we'll do that in the podcast as well. Last fearless prediction 
of 2021 long-term bet beginning of suburban growth but cities are far from dead let's talk about suburban growth everyone wants more space they want a backyard there are areas of palace verdes that went up maybe 10 percent over the last decade and now they're up 15 percent just this year because of backyards space suburban life that people are coming back to that's a pandemic effect but i think this has jump-started people going back to the suburbs and specifically millennials Okay, this is beyond the pandemic. This is beyond interest rates. But millennials are now starting in their mid-30s, late 30s. That's the older part of the generation. Finally having some family formation. And this pandemic has made them realize that, you know what? The suburbs that a lot of them grew up in are a great place to be. And it's time to head back now that we're having kids. And the pandemic got them cooking at home love the safety of being at home, the convenience of being at home. They now know that they can work their jobs from home. And I think a lot of them are craving that suburban life. Millennials are now the biggest home buying cohort in the country. Low interest rates, the pandemic pushed them back to the suburbs and family formation for millennials are going to drive the suburbs over the next 10 years, no doubt in my mind. You need to take it like baby boomers. When the boomers started to form uh, families, minivans exploded. Mediterranean home building was all the rage there. You see tons of gorgeous Mediterranean homes, whether you're a fan or not, built all over the place. It was a baby boom result when they were making families, the same thing's going to happen with millennials, and I think the suburbs are primed for growth. If we're talking about this podcast in the South Bay, watch for Palace Verdes to perform much, much better over the next decade compared to what it did last decade. And that will be fueled by millennials with family formation, and then when you start throwing in automated cars where you can commute to work without driving and work from your laptop... It's just going to fuel suburban growth. I'll leave it at that. Switching over to the city aspect, cities are far from dead. Cities have existed for thousands of years. They're not going anywhere. The energy of the city and entertainment and restaurants and nightlife and stadiums, it's intoxicating. I think we all miss if you can travel and go to an amazing city with tons of energy, they're not going away. And you know what? Los Angeles has been the center of the world for entertainment. It's been the de facto capital of the Pacific Rim, as coined by former president of USC, Stephen Sample, because of our harbor and trade with China and Indonesia and Japan, etc. Our port is that important. Cities are going to come back with a vengeance. And with social media bigger than ever, streaming, content, the entertainment capital world of Los Angeles is going to have tech moving back in droves. And Google's going to restart their office space expansion in LA. Amazon's going to restart. Facebook's going to restart. Netflix is going to restart. And they're all going to reopen offices in Los Angeles. And they're going to all expand offices in Los Angeles. And when the pandemic is in the rearview mirror, 
their employees will want to start heading back to the cities as well. If you're buying in gentrifying areas that I've talked about, like West Adams, Mid-City, Lamert Park, I love Hyde Park right now, Playa Vista's been on a roll, Culver City's on a roll, there's areas just starting to change as a result of tech moving in, it's not stopping, and it's going to restart second half of 2021, if not into 2022, and our cities will roar. Los Angeles will roar, and the city will come back along with real estate prices within our city of Los Angeles. Throw in the Olympics coming, throw in maybe a World Cup, the Rams are back, the Chargers, I mean... There's too many amazing things that go on in our backyard in the greater Los Angeles area, and we will return to growth. So really, I sound like a a silly realtor here of going, oh, it's always a great time to buy. It's always a great time to sell. But really, long term, the suburbs, Palos Verdes, areas with big backyards, Manhattan Beach, East Manhattan Beach, et cetera, are going to do extremely well thanks to millennials. And our cities are going to have a major rebound and be just fine thanks to what Los Angeles offers the world. So that's my long-term bet. And to wrap up the podcast, as you can see, I'm darn confident about 2021, where in 2020, I was pretty bearish. I think single-family homes are going to roar first half of the year. You have an opportunity in condos, townhomes, and income properties second half of the year to make some great deals and i think it's off to the races thank you interest rates thank you fed and congress but that doesn't come without risks and we will start to approach prices and interest rates that can't stay low forever and affordability issues that i think present risks in 2022 and 2023 so we will roar this year in 2021 but i want you to be careful and be patient and make the right moves so that you're set up for the long term because eventually affordability is going to be really ugly here in a couple of years. And if interest rates go up, it could get uglier. Am I thinking about it right now? No, but it should be something in the back of your mind that I'm going to be watching for you throughout the next couple of months with podcasts and the blog where you guys can see markets changing and my opinions happening in real time. But for now... We've got the all clear first half of 2021 with some great buys in the second half. I'm wishing you a happy, healthy, and prosperous 2021. And let's get after it for the new year. We'll see you guys next week.